This is Pete Moore wanted to officially announce the release of Time to Win Again, 52 takeaways from team sports to ensure your business success. I wrote this book over the last year. I think you're going to love it. Good to great meets Where's Waldo. Pick them up for your team. Time to win in 2022. Happy to come to your club, your studio, your company, and talk about ways we can optimize business and win going forward. Go Halo. This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. Lone Star State coming back for his second podcast. Hey, hey, hey. Your friend and mine, <laughs> T. Blaycheck, Austin, Texas, OTF. <laughs> Thanks, Pete. It's great to be here and uh, excited to uh, talk with you again. It was, wow, three years, right? Three years ago. So we actually did the first podcast when uh, we were using it as kind of part of like a, a marketing tool to go and get the growth capital. And uh, actually, we had some great quotes in the last one, you know, and I said to you, and I didn't actually practice. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't do any prep for this, right, so you know, cool, but man. I remember everything that we talked about. And I said, how quick can you grow? And you're like, hey, man, I got a crock pot, a manager. I can't microwave them. Yep. And that was kind of the script in, in a lot of the groups that we talked to. Yeah, and that was a uh, great closing, uh, a, closing uh, uh, a quote for yeah. the Clearlight folks, Clearlight Partners. Uh, they listened to that podcast and they liked uh, what they heard and uh, liked what we were talking about. And uh, they brought that up actually a couple times to me now. So. Yeah, no, it was great. It was great. So um, we're on podcast number 306 now or something. So you were one of the first ones. So I'm glad you're back around. So you're down in Austin. You had an area development agreement. Put some jet fuel on this and uh, give us an update on where you are, you know, professionally with the company. Yeah, three years ago, we uh, did a, a deal with private equity group called Clearlight Partners out of uh, California. We had 18 stores at the time, and uh, we completed that deal in uh, September of uh, 2018. And and they were the gas to really uh, help us to take off. We immediately went out and started talking to other folks, and we did a number of acquisitions in 2019. We bought uh, the state of Arizona with 36 stores. We bought uh, Kansas with 13 stores. We got uh, and purchased Oklahoma with uh, probably 10, 11 stores and purchased uh, the Philadelphia and South Jersey markets uh, with probably 33, 35 stores. Today we have 135 stores in six different states uh, under our umbrella and we actually have ownership of 61 of those Studio. So when we started, we were 18. We're now at 61, basically triple the size of the company here and got through COVID, right? Sure, sure. So talk about, um, before we get to anything COVID-related, you know, Clearlight was one of the first private equity firms in the Planet Fitness Network. Clearlight was one of the first private equity firms in Orange Theory, you know, backing you as, you know, the top operator. And um, how quickly did you need to move and kind of look at the map as like, okay, we're playing like that game of, uh, you know, risk where it's like, hey, I can pick up these states. I'll digest them over time. And how did you think about the ability to kind of integrate those in and, and you know, staff those up properly? Yeah, you know, um, one of the things we looked at was, you know, how many uh, white spaces did we have to open up? Uh, and then what was the opportunity for to purchase and acquire? And in their Planet, experience, uh, Planet Fitness experience, Clearlight had... Uh, not done a lot of purchases or acquisitions until later 
uh, years uh, with Planet Fitness, and they felt like that was a mistake. Mm -hmm. And so when they got involved in uh, our group at Orange Theory Fitness, they said, let's start the acquisition process sooner, quicker, faster, and we were on a tear. I mean, literally, we went from 18 to 59 stores in a year. Mm -hmm. And uh, the good news is, is we acquired a lot at the same time we were opening probably five or six studios. We took our eye off of that uh, opening game, the pre-sale game. We should have kept our eye on that better. What transpired out of that mm -hmm. was um, we probably shouldn't have done it that fast. There's a, a, a great note. When we look back at it, the ability to digest tripling the size of your company and also uh, to build an infrastructure that's not only, remember we were only in Texas, we were in Austin and San Antonio. So the concept there, now you're in six different states. You have to have an infrastructure to handle marketing, operations, facilities, maintenance. Uh, <laughs> it just uh, it compounds it when we do it, did it so fast. So I wish we had slowed that down. Gotcha. So, you know, as we kind of roll through COVID here and come out the other side, what are some of the, you know, silver linings uh, on maybe how you've modified your operations, how you maybe have looked at acquisitions, um, maybe just say, hey, I could grow, but I'm going to grow at my own pace, and I'm also going to make sure I don't put the company at risk at the same time because I really don't know what macro things are going to happen that are outside of my control. You know, Pete, at, at, at the heart of my, uh, my, you know, my experience and myself, I'm a sales guy, I'm a marketing guy, and uh, I love to be out there on the front of the uh, spear, you know, the tip of the spear and trying to make things happen. And I've always been that way. I've tried to get things done. If it takes a normal guy uh, two years to do something, I try to do it in a year. If it takes you, you know, 12 weeks to get in shape, I try to do it in five, you know. Yeah, I just, yeah, I'm yeah. Try, I try to accelerate that. And so we had done that the first year but uh, certainly, the, we, you know, we came to a screeching halt on March 17th, made an announcement, let 700 employees go and shut the business down. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was, uh, it was a tough day, yeah. it was a very tough day in business. And everybody had a tough, uh, tough day and has had a tough time in, uh, in COVID. I'm not saying we're any different from anybody else. Sure. But, uh, but that, you know, today, I think when we look at what's happening is you see a lot of uh, acquisitions out there. You see still consolidation of the Orange Theory market. And... You know, it's hard for me to step back and not want to race or be competitive. You know, sure, I'm competitive. Sure. I'm uh, right now today. I'm the second largest uh, uh, a group, consolidated group of Orange Theory Fitnesses in the uh, in the network. And you see some other groups doing a lot of acquisitions, and I'm very competitive. I want, you know, I want to be out there. However, that's probably not in the best interest of our group, and I need to stop thinking about uh, being less competitive and really focusing on the health and the well-being of my business. Mm -hmm. And stay true to the business and stay true to not overpay for things right now. Uh, you know, we look at acquisitions versus opening a studio. We can open studios at a much lower cost uh, than we can to acquire a studio, another uh, a studio. So the value, right? What's my job as the CEO? provide value to the shareholders. Sure. And so the value is really in the uh, opening of studios. And we've kind of re reset a little bit here coming out of COVID. We just opened up the uh, first store out of COVID, by the way, for Orange Theory. Hit over 500 members in pre-sale. Where is that? Uh, it's in Bulverde, uh, San Antonio. Well, uh, so, tough. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 but it's all good. Um, mm -hmm. Let me just make one note on, on, on the growth side, because I think a lot of, um, you know, there's always, there's this, phrase in you know private equity or, or most deals like you know grow or you know you're gonna get you, grow or die or grow or you know you're gonna get lapped 
But in your case, you kind of ran four laps around the, the track. And then now everyone's kind of catching up, but you still think that you're at pace with them, but you're actually four laps ahead on yeah. like a NASCAR. Yeah, yeah. So you might want to digest that for a second <laughs> when you say like, hey, I want to grow. It's like, bro, you grew already. Like let everyone kind of grow up and catch up to you. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, uh, that's a great point. Uh, we, again, we were off to the races and uh, uh, we still have a great plan going forward. We have, you know, good stuff happening, so. Let me ask you a question, because you and I have been around this industry for, you know, 30 plus years, I've been mean, probably 25, you could probably got 10 on me. Um, <laughs> when you, not not looks wise, just yeah, age course. and yeah, mileage, yeah, just you. mileage. Yeah. Well, that's like, you're a seasoned executive. That yeah. doesn't mean like we're older <laughs> or old, too old. But um, a lot of the companies in our industry, when they get to a certain size, it, it kind of falls apart. You know, if you think about New York sports clubs, you think about um, 24 hour fitness, you know, LA did some big acquisitions. I love those guys there. Um, but you know, they try to digest 160 club deal on ballets. I'm assuming people internally said, dude, probably not the best use of our time. Probably gonna built, you know, the 60 clubs that they kept at the end of the day. So do you, and you've been a part of organizations that have, you know, been on fire. And then at some point it's like, dude, this thing's bigger than maybe it should be, it could be, or, you know, at some point, this is this is like the, a super regional is a super regional. It's not a national. So, do you think about some of the past, you know, trip ups in the industry and say, look, I'm running 126. You know, I think I want to get to like 200, and that's kind of the right size. And and then maybe someone else kind of takes it from there. Yeah, I'm not 100 percent sure what the right size is. I mm -hmm. think you know we're you know you continue to learn and experience that as you go along. I think you know for me. All, my, all the companies in my history uh, that I've been involved with have had a big growth plan, a big yeah. growth spurt when I was involved in that. And I was part of that. And it, it was a, it's always been a great experience. I think what I see now more than ever is when you expand quickly. When I had 18 stores, I could get around to the stores and I knew every manager and exactly. I knew all the head coaches and I knew everybody. And the culture of the company at that point was me, it was my personality. Today, when you're in seven states, six, seven states, you got 135 stores. I mean, I can't possibly know everyone. I can't possibly spend, everybody wants more Terry time. Sure. Uh, I can't do that. And so what you see is it's harder to create the culture uh, in a large scale than it is when you're one guy visiting five, 10, 15 studios. And, you know, it's interesting because I've been looking at uh, uh, Disney and I look at Southwest and I go, how is Southwest creating this culture across a national brand, right? And mm -hmm. how does Disney do it? And how do they continue to create and make that magic come alive? And, you know, we've gone outside just again, we've gone outside to a company called Blue Case to come in and do some consulting with us and to do uh, do some executive coaching. Mm -hmm. uh, because what's happening is, is I have to depend on not only the, the, the group below me, the executive team, but then the group below them to really deliver that culture, to create the relationships so that we don't have the turnover. We, we really take the member experience seriously and try to uh, help them out. But I, I think that culture piece is a, is a big piece. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, that would be where I would say, when I talk about digesting the growth, sometimes you lose your, it's, you lose your, you, you lose your personality, you lose your culture when, when you do that too quickly. Right. And the second thing is, you know, nobody can, nobody's a great, I'm not anyway, uh, many people aren't. I, I don't know that you can actually hire everything that you want 
to deliver. You, you know, you can see somebody come in with great stats and great performance from the past, but maybe it doesn't necessarily match up with your culture. And so, you know, you got to find the right guys. And, you know, you hire you know, for every guy you hire, every lady you hire, you know, it's a it's a it's a 50 50 kind of deal. You yeah. don't really know those people until they get in and they can really deliver for you. Yeah. So. My buddy who uh, runs a venture fund out of uh, D.C. I went to business school with because his name's Mirza and I uh, came into one of our Halo academies and he said, look, you think I'm in finance? I'm in recruiting. He's like, I spend 50% of my time trying to find executives from my blind portfolio companies, and that's like the best value add that I can bring to this, to these investments. I got to find people. Yeah. I tell people that I 50% of my time is running a business. The other 50% is in psychology. Right. Right. I, I yeah. mean, I got I to gotta talk to people. I've got to uh, inspire, motivate, keep them on track, keep them on point, and it's a big psychological game. Yeah. So when you look at um, some of the technology advances, that have been made in this industry, whether it's, you know, automated drip campaigns, showing you data analytics that, you know, these members haven't shown up in a certain period of time and we've got a, you know, a digital plan and we've got a, you know, a calling effort. I remember you told me you had a calling effort, right? You know, when, when things reopened, you had like everyone in a room and it was like basically like a SWAT team calling every member, you know, individually. How have you, given that you're old school and you know what works and say, look, t technology is, is, is a weapon, but it's not, the solution, like you, we're, we're building a community here and we're, this is about you and me looking at each other in the eye and me getting you results. This isn't me sending you like a, you know, here's your stats and like, I don't want to talk to you because that costs me money to, to staff that. So how do you toggle between utilizing technology and having people understand like that's not an excuse? Well, I think it's a toolbox, right? Technology is a toolbox. You hire a carpenter or you hire somebody to come over, a maintenance guy to come work on your house, he brings his toolbox. Uh, and if the only tool he's got in his toolbox is a hammer, we got a problem. You're not going to be able to build too good of a house uh, that way. So I, I look at technology as a toolbox. I, I go, man, what are those toolboxes? And I'll give you a couple examples where technology or the toolbox helped us out. So, you know, five years ago, QR codes were out, right? Nobody mm -hmm. used QR codes. We tried it. We couldn't get the damn things to work. Right. All of a sudden now, when the restaurants go, you can't get a menu, you can't do anything, all of a sudden everybody goes, QR code, QR code. So we took advantage of that. Everybody in today's world understands how QR codes work on your phone, how you pick it up, how you do it. So we took our guest passes, we took our stick in the mud signs, we took our banners, we took our billboards, and we put, put QR codes on them that automatically take people to uh, a landing page, drop your name, your uh, information information in. So that was one, you know, one way that we did it. That's it. The other thing is, you know, in today's world, number two tool in the toolbox is in today's world, nobody's answering their damn phones, right? I don't do it. I see a, a number come up and if I don't recognize that number, I don't pick up the phone. Yep. So text messaging in the right way, and I know there's some legal pieces to that, but mm -hmm. text messaging now has become the communique of uh, today's world. Uh, you know, even emails. I mean, emails are good to your members. We're seeing 35 to 55% open rates on our emails to our members, but to non-members, mm -hmm. much lower open rate. And so text messaging is working. We got a platform called Scipio that we have a automated program that goes out to our frozen members, to our members that have canceled and want to come back. And we're putting a lot of emphasis on that too. You know, we're putting a lot of emphasis on um, members that said, we love the brand, we love the coaches, we're going to come back, but we're not going to do it until post-COVID. That being said, you can have the best toolbox or all the technology that you want, 
but without a guy to work that technology, without the human component, the uh, the person behind it, you got to have the carpenter, you got to have the plumber, you sure. got to have the electrician to actually use the tools, and that really is where the human element comes back into it. And I'm still a big, uh, you know, people person, face to face. We saw, you know, everybody's on Zoom, you know, Zoom, 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 you know, mm -hmm. calls, and uh, that's that's fantastic. But the reality is, when I got my teams back together, when I started going Some out, and talking, yeah, man, it was it was like uh, yeah, we're social, we're social beings, right? Yep. So there was a lot that uh, to be said for you got to have the toolbox, got to have the technology, but you really need the carpenter or the guy to to work the toolbox. Yeah. So in your network, you do uh, Tuesdays with Terry. Uh, throughout the, uh, the the Orange Theory, how important is it to you to to get best practices from kind of whether it's inside the network, outside the network, coming to URSA? You're you got you're like a kind of continuous sponge of information. Say, okay, this is what I can take and this is what I can give. And I think you've probably been given a lot more than you take, um, but give us some of the the, the highlights or you know takeaways from you know Tuesdays with Terry, where like, hey, this has kind of changed the. I've helped people, you know, get through this. You know, uh, uh, great, uh, great question. Great, great, great thought there. But, you know, I don't know where I heard this, but, you know, learning is never over for the true professional, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're always learning. I mean, I learned things the last two days here at URSA. I talked to you in a side conversation. I learned things and I get ideas. Uh, and I love that. Uh, I love to do that. And I also love helping people. Yeah. I, uh, I'm a fan of that. I, I'm a big fan of giving back. I'm a big fan. and. and a lot because of you, Pete, have helped me to uh, achieve some success in my life. And a big part of that is when you get success is not just, you know, beating your chest, but when you get to the top of that mountain or you get to that plateau, you turn around, you reach down, and you help the next guy. You grab yeah. their hand and you pull them up. And so because of that, I've really tried to give back uh, personally. I've tried to uh, uh, help a lot of the Orange Theory franchises, and that's really how Tuesday with Terry got started. About three months ago, I actually started my own podcast called Tuesdays with Terry. You can get it, go to that on uh, TuesdayWithTerry.com and find it. It's on Anchor. Yeah, we'll put Apple that in the show notes. That's great. But, so uh, hold on, that, that's for anyone, not it's just anyone. for, for I talk OTF. About, yeah, I, I thought talk it was about, an OTF internal. I, I used to I used to do that. Oh, okay, okay. Now I have a podcast that I do Tuesdays with Terry where I focus on four things. I focus on uh, how to how to be a better person and self-empowerment. Uh -huh. I talk about leadership. I talk about sales and marketing. And I talk about entrepreneurship and business, some of the things you need to focus are on. Are you doing interviews or you're basically doing riffs and kind of like like a more of like a professor type of Most, the, the, monologues? The, the mostly monologues yeah. uh, in the last uh, three months because I'm just trying to get my following sure, going. Sure. Uh, and some of that is really kind of catered to the Orange Theory Network and to the fitness side of the uh, industry. But I'm also writing a book uh, and, uh, you know, got uh, a title. Uh, working on it. I've got a couple different titles, but uh, we don't have one finalized uh, at this moment. But uh, it's going to be uh, kind of short stories, uh, you know, uh, all on those four pillars of self-empowerment, leadership, marketing, sales and uh, uh, entrepreneurship. But the reason I say that is because the reason I started Tuesdays with Terry was to give back yeah. and was to help other people. And um, and so because of that, people call me, want to talk to me and they want to share their ideas. But your, your question was, what about best practices and how valuable is that? The, the value of talking to other people, coming together, soliciting ideas, it creates sparks, right? So I, I talk to people inside the industry and outside the industry. I'm, I'm looking for more ideas, more more things. So. Yeah. So, so in closing here, obviously we don't know what the, the next three to six months hold, but we know what the next five to 10 years holds, which is 
back to some level of normalization growth. There's a lot of capital out there. There's a lot of strong businesses that are going to figure out a way to get through to the other side and, and become very valuable businesses. What are some of the things that you're looking forward to over the next you know, couple of years with your team? Well, just, you know, uh, one is, you know, when we went through COVID, uh, one of the lessons we learned was less is more, right? So we cut back on staff. We got lean and mean. Yeah. We had to survive. We had to get through it. We had to op- reopen with a, a semblance of a team. And I, I would tell you the second thing is for, for everybody listening is there's always a way. There is always a way. You just have to find it. And a lot of people say, well, I don't have the resources. But what really is happening is we just have to be creative. We have to be creative in our thinking. And we we have to be resourceful to try to find uh, find the way. I think that... um, you know, we didn't talk about this, Pete, but I do think that the digital platform and fitness is uh, is here to be reckoned with. I think mm-hmm. it's I think it's big. We have OT Live and the Orange Theory Network. I heard it's doing really well. Yeah, I mean, you know, and so that's a way that we did. Uh, we worked through the COVID shutdown as we created our own OT Live where people could take Orange Theory at home. We did outdoor workouts. We replaced uh, and and moved all of our equipment around in our studio to create social distancing. And that's what I'm saying is, if you're creative enough, there's always away. I think, uh, you know, the next 12 to 18 months, you know, again, who knows, right? I don't have a crystal ball. You don't have a crystal Mm -hmm. ball. But my expectation is, is that uh, people are social beings. I said that when I talked about us meeting. I think that the bricks and mortar studios and clubs are there to stay. Mm -hmm. I do think that there's a portion of the online and digital platform that is going to be a supplement, but not a replacement uh, to the uh, fitness uh, in in the fitness world. but I'm looking for, you know, what we also see happening in, in, the, in the fitness arena is we see new, um, uh, new models emerging and new uh, groups coming out, looking at things a little bit differently. So it's always evolving. It's always changing. It's coming back. It's going to take us a little bit longer to get there than we thought. But isn't that true in life? It always takes us a little longer than we thought sure. and a little bit more money than we planned. Yeah. Well, when you, when you got to enjoy the ride at the same time, right? I mean, this is a, we're on a roller coaster, fasten your seatbelt, but, uh, you know, we're blessed that we live in this country and you can be an entrepreneur and you can decide you want to go a different path and you know there's, there's really not much red tape to following your passion so everything you've done for the industry glad we're really strong friends and um i love where you've gone you know started where you got into and uh, look forward to uh doing a podcast number three next year and we'll give people a further update and we'll have the title to the book and we'll have a nice following on tuesdays with terry and then Tuesday nights with Petey Moe. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, Pete. I appreciate it. Right, Thanks buddy. so much. Great to see you.